short enough for you. Welcome, everybody. This episode of Nerdables. <laughs> this time we are discussing Batwoman's replacement, Catwoman's 80th anniversary little bundle of joy, DC and Diamond say goodbye as they terminate their relationship, SpaceX launches Bob and Doug, Bill and Ted deliver the most excellent commencement speech to the San Dimas High School, and HBO Max launches without any access to Roku or Amazon. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition, liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon, go NASA, go SpaceX, Godspeed, Bob and Doug. America has launched. So rises a new era of American space flight, and with it the ambitions of a new generation continuing the dream. Welcome to Nerdables. I'm R.A. Rain. Joining me are Chris and Ethan. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. That, wow. What? <laughs> you got that was a lot. Yeah, no more Red Bull before you uh, do the intro. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. <laughs> Just talk like a normal Gave the radio voice. Yeah. yeah. So hey, the guy so... Who did the show in a Bane voice once upon a time. So we skipped last week, but uh, we were talking... Yeah, I didn't even realize that until Monday. I didn't either. Before Monday, I was like, hey, we never actually did anything this weekend, did we? <laughs> I, I totally forgot about it. With everything weekend, that was going so. on, I just totally forgot about it. Yeah. But uh, two mm-hmm. weeks ago, we mentioned that Ruby Rose was leaving Batwoman, and we speculated how they were going to replace her. And I don't think and any of us... if they were going to replace her. Yeah, it may have even been Ethan or somebody said, well, maybe they'll do a different character. And we I said, remember talking about it. I thought I was I, I was in the camp of like not even replacing that character because I remember I made a pretty impassioned plea that fans were going to associate Batwoman with Ruby Rose, and therefore fans would probably, fans that had tuned in for Ruby Rose were going to leave anyway. Right. So you might as well take a different character rather than replace the actress. Yeah. But this is creating a character, than, isn't it? Like in, in Marvel films or what have you, when you've only seen that character once, but she's got how many, how many episodes were in the first season? 20? Uh, something like the whole that. season? Maybe like 10. Was it a half season? Well, I mean, I think so, yeah, yeah, they started in December or something, but, or January. Yeah, so... Let's say at most it's 15. That's still well over 10 hours worth of following that actress playing that character. But like we said, it was like two oh. years because she started with the with the crossover yes. two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you're also... I'm talking about the investment that you make as a fan. So your investment to her is over 10 hours of Ruby Rose playing Batwoman. So I seem to remember saying... I meant to listen to it last night, too. Um, to remember saying something along the lines of, I think the best thing is to just, well, no, the best thing was to cancel it. But if you're going to go forward, maybe getting a different character to be Batwoman, if not Katie Kane. There were 20 episodes in the first season. Yeah, you were right, Chris. Yeah. So you've got almost 20 hours worth of investment to that. That's 20 hours from January to... It's 20 episodes from starting in October of 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not counting the uh, the crossover. I don't know anybody who's a huge fan of that show. 
Uh, but Beth, that being Beth said, is. okay, I don't know anyone I've actually talked to, had a conversation with that's watched the show that is a big fan of that show. But we know <laughs> Ruby Rose is leaving, and the CW Warner Brothers producers or whatever have decided to have a brand new character. Ryan Wilder is going to be the new Batwoman. So the casting breakdown for Ryan Wilder is, let's see, it says, according to Reddit, which encourages LGBT, LGBTQ, LGBTQ, wow, performers to audition, <laughs> Ryan Wilder is a female in her mid-late 20s and a complete opposite of Kate Kane. She's likable, messy, a little goofy, and untamed reads the document with no one in her life to keep her on track. Ryan spent years as a drug runner, dodging the GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits today, reformed and sober. Ryan lives in a van with her plant, a girl down by the river, (laughs) a girl who would steal milk from an alley cat and could also kill you with her bare hands. Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and widely, widely disciplined, an out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, and very much not your stereotypical all-American hero. So it sounds like it's Katie Kane. It's Katie Kane. I love, I love this. It's different than Katie Kane, except for all these things that are just like Katie Kane. But the biggest difference is Katie Kane was living in the manor, and Ryan Wilder lives in a van <laughs> down by the river. <laughs> that's that's impossible not to make that joke over and over again. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I I think of the options that were available to them once you made the decision to go forward with the second season. I think this is the best idea. Give give fans a fresh character to step into the mantle to be a legacy. You know, this is DC was based on legacy for a long time until Jeff Johns made all those dead characters come back. Um, and they took back all their mantles, but you know, the nineties, late eighties, early nineties through the nineties, really for DC was all legacy characters. It was Connor as green arrow. It was Wally as the flash. It was Kyle as green lantern. Um, Starman was a different character. Uh, uh, Wildcat was a different character. There's a lot of people that stepped into the roles. Obviously, we've seen the legacy of Robin change year after year. So there is a history in DC characters of allowing other people to take up those mantles and wear them for a long time. So I think that's a good choice for what they're doing, uh, what they decided to do to have a new character, someone we haven't met yet, but a different character to take up that role and become Batwoman in the suit for whatever reason. Now the interesting thing is how do you exit Ruby Rose if she's not going to come back and even do it? Well, not to mention you built the whole first season around her and Alice, you know, her twin sister. See, I, what I would have done is I would have had Alice. Are they fraternal? Yes. (laughs) Or did Ruby Rose play both sides? Okay. No, they're fraternal. Uh, Rachel's, uh, Scarsden was the character of Alice who was the original black canary in, uh, in birds of prey. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would have had her take the mantle because Alice becomes a hero in the comics at some point. So I would have had Kate Kane die. she doesn't. Yes, she does. Does she? Yeah. Where? I thought she became the head of the villain, uh, the victim syndicate. She becomes, uh, she becomes a hero at one point. Um, I don't know that at all, but I could be wrong. 
I thought the last time I, but, I, I thought the last time I saw her was she was the head of the victim syndicate and detective, but maybe that's somebody else. Another pasty white faced character. <laughs> DC loves that. But yeah, so your idea was that Alice would take the mantle. Yeah, Alice would take the mantle after Kate gets killed, and then that way you you know you have. If she even, we don't know for sure if she gets killed or not. No, we don't. But I, I, that's how I would have done it is you kill her. And then so that Gotham still has their Batwoman and they don't know, Alice takes the mantle. And See, I wouldn't kill her simply because I got a bad feeling Ruby Rose is going to need a paycheck in two years. Yeah. Let's see. Well, uh, Batwoman Volume 2, number 36. Mm-hmm. Beth uh, is depicted flying back to Gotham City where she takes up residence of the Mothball Family Manor of the House of Cain. Uh, returned to a new relationship with Kate, having a major breakdown in her psyche treatment several weeks earlier. Da-da-da. Clearly, Kate's superhero identity, she breaks and reunites with Batwoman. Calling herself Red Alice, Beth introduces Natalia, uh, a uh, vampire known as Nakatomi. Oh, that, they added that into part of the show as well. Um... Yeah, but you kept saying Beth. That's not Alice. No, Beth is Beth is her sister, but there is a point where she becomes a hero for a little bit. But she did uh, her team affiliation. She was with the Religion of Crime for a while, or maybe now, or she may have went back from being a hero to being a villain. I don't. I don't think Alice is ever a hero. I know. I, I read she, something where she. I think she continues to. Well, now it sounds like you've gotten confused with this Beth person. For obvious Beth, reasons. Beth is Alice. Beth Kane is Alice. Yeah. Well, okay. So why is Beth Kane Alice? Because she, um, well, well, in the show, she, uh, Batman goes to save her and her sister and her mom and ends up only saving Kate, and Alice ends up being kidnapped yeah. and tortured. That's, that's what happens in the comic, but it's Alice is the name, not Beth. Well, yeah, they, they had her as Beth and she becomes Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. They took Neither here nor there. Right. But, yeah, there was something in here that mentions that she does become a hero for a while. Um, I forget where it is now. But. Well, it doesn't matter. What matters is what the character is on the show if she would have taken the mantle, but she obviously doesn't as they've given us a new character. Right. I just think I, either one can be very interesting. The the one If you deal with Alice, you've already got a character that's established. You give her a reason to become a good guy mm. by Kate's death, and you continue on where you know she realizes Gotham needs a Batwoman. Mm-hmm. This way, you're introducing a new character to take over the mantle. I guess what she sees is this character will end up, since she lives down by a river, we'll see Batwoman's body <laughs> so wash up or van. something. I don't think she lives down by the river. <laughs> well, she lives in a van, it just says. You put yes. her down by the river, she, Kate's body washes up, or Batwoman's body washes up. She realizes that Gotham needs a Batwoman, and she takes the mantle. She steals the suit from a dead corpse just to... Hey, you heard what they Still said about this character. Her, her sister. No, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do, but 
I don't know. I just I really don't see that show surviving long. As Ethan mm-hmm. said, the, the the fan reaction to that show has not been kind. No. But you heard what they said with this with this uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan character. She will you know steal milk from an alley cat. So why not steal Batman or Batwoman's coat or coat? Batwoman's cow suit from a dead woman. Good God, dead. We need an intervention. Someone needs Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> Maybe that's really why we're being invited over tomorrow. <laughs> It's not actually Arabella's birthday. <laughs> we're going. We're going. We're going to tell Dre Rich he needs to stop drinking before the show. Uh, speaking I'll, of, because Alska still still club coat clothing from the from the well, other bowelman. Speaking of erratic women in the Gotham City, Catwoman had her 80th anniversary and a special anniversary comic come out last week. DC's doing $10 anniversary comics every month. So, hey, you know, Catwoman she looks good for 80. Yeah, it's almost like she's just been drawn the entire time. Doesn't have no. to be. This one took Selena on a trip through many versions of herself. And like alternate realities type things? Well, they're all short stories that take short, place yeah. in different times versus during their lives. This is what they did at Action Comics and Detective Comics 1000. They've done with the Green Lantern, uh, Flash 750, Catwoman, Joker one that comes out next week. Actually, this well, next week because today's still Saturday. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's all short stories, usually 10-page stories of of different parts in that character's life. Some of them are in continuity. Some of them are can be not in continuity. Mm. Um, there's usually at least one that connects to whatever title that character's in, if they are in one. So, yes, one of them is, is Selena uh, having a little baby. Uh, the, At say, 80? Wow. A little baba. One of these also ties into Tom King and Lee Weeks' Batman Annual 2 story that told the first days of Batwoman and or Batman and Catwoman to their mm-hmm. uh, together to their last and the death of Bruce Wayne. Also there is a short that is where she meets the the new Batwoman. But that's Kate in that one, I believe. Yeah, there's there's different pieces mm-hmm. that are in it. The thing with that story is it could also be tied into King's um, final 15 issues of Batman that he was going to do before he got basically fired from Batman. Uh, but they're still giving him those issues to finish his Bruce and Selina story that was originally going to take up until issue 100. But he was replaced at 86 with uh, James Tinian, who has pumped 65 new characters in four issues. So well, that bad woman she met, that, yeah, that bad woman so, she met up was the daughter of Bruce and Selena, which would have been interesting. Going back to the Batwoman, you could have done that version of Batwoman showing up and allow Ryan Wilder to be Bruce and Selena's daughter. Well, maybe it is. You never know. I mean, she may not be running around Gotham with the last name Wayne, but she That's wants true. to say a secret. So there you go. Well, see, but broken. that would also crack the secret. Uh, that would also that tie her. Is, is Batman in uh, the Batman uh, Batwoman show? Well, what? no, just because of the fact of who Bruce Wayne is, she may not want to run around with that last name. 
Oh. Just for Wayne and whatever happened to him in order for his... Because Bruce Wayne's obviously a man in Gotham as well. Correct. Yeah. The rundown slumhole and all that. So she may not want to want to be attached to that name. So there you go. True. That If you do it that way, it ties it... I mean, it makes it more interesting, and it ties her to the Wayne family. Yep. CW owes Rich a check. <laughs> yeah, right there. Because Kate Kane is tied. She's, you know, the niece of Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yeah. So you could, yeah, you could do it that way, and it would definitely tie it together, and it'll give you a connection to the comics as well. Yeah, because we're obviously not getting a Batman TV series. No. And there's no way to we're bring... Getting- you're not going to bring Batman into the Arrowverse, or I guess now. That, no. Well, I you think this is the only way that they've brought Batman into the Arrowverse. Technically, yeah, I think he's because. mentioned somewhere else too. Because they basically well, I mean, you, they, they made Ollie Batman. Well, I mean, basically yes. because of the flashback you have with Kate and uh, Beth in the car, you do see Batman. So they do show some res- or some semblance of batman being in the series but yeah but we also we also know that from from crisis yeah that's true too but, i mean bruce was in crisis yeah she mentions him yeah, yeah but we also physically see bruce on a different earth in in crisis yeah broken in crisis oh the poor thing we should get him some help broken bruce in crisis Half man, half machine, Bruce. Yeah. Scatwoman has a baby. More yeah, yeah. Come. Not in her regular title. It's a future look thing that's been done a couple of times. Some of the art's very entities. interesting because it, it gives it a a vintage, you know, um, uh, Silver Age style. It, but with well, when they first did, then they did the Action Comics 1000, and they did the covers through the decades. They did the covers as if they were covers from that time. Now there are modern artists doing them, but they were doing them in that style, and it was mm-hmm. great ones. Or in some cases, they actually had an artist who worked on them in the 70s, like uh, 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 Garcia Lopez did the 70s cover for Action Comics 1000, which was gorgeous because he did a lot of the covers for Batman in the 70s also. And as they've gotten farther, they've sort of gotten away from that, where maybe the title looks a little different, the logo, but it really is, it's the character might be in the costume from that decade, but it's not done in the style. So some of the covers were, there's some decent covers for that, but I was a little, I was a little disappointed in those. I was very disappointed in the Joker covers that are coming next week. I didn't think they were that great. It's also a lot of these guys do the, uh, the, the, the store exclusive covers. So some of the best mm-hmm. artists are snapped up to do those instead of doing the ones that DC's doing. But and some of the styles inside are, are reminiscent of the era that that story may be taking place in. They're well, fun comics. I mean, it's, they're, they're ten bucks for eight for eighty pages, which isn't too bad. Uh, you figure you're playing four bucks for twenty, so you're spending you're spending a dollar every five pages, and here you're spending a dollar. Also, you're getting multiple. You're getting multiple yeah, stories too. Day. Well, yeah, it's 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 basically just page counts. You've got eighty pages at nine dollars. You're spending a buck and ten, a buck twelve, buck twelve, something like that for every ten pages, versus you're spending a dollar for every five pages when you mm-hmm. buy a smaller comic. And it also shows you how much covers cost. Um, the pages itself, uh, so they're they're good ones to pick up. But good luck finding them in a comic book store anytime soon. <laughs> 
Well, good luck finding DC in the comic book stores. Because yesterday the comic book industry was dropped with a big bombshell. DC Comics and Diamond Distributors are parting ways. Effective immediately. Yes, which has launched a mile-high comics campaign of DC Sucks. Yeah, Mile High Comics and Chuck Rosen, Rosen, I can never remember his last name, had a big thing about it. But, yes, it's uh, without warning, DC announced yesterday that starting with this week's FOC, Final Order Cutoff Order, on Monday, uh, those would only be available uh, starting on the 15th with the two distributors that they signed up with earlier this year during the coronavirus, COVID-19, pandemic, lockdown, shutdown, don't go out of your home, down. And that DC Comics would be, periodical comics would be distributed exclusively with these two companies, which are attached to major online retailers, which are in direct competition with every single store in the country Mm -hmm. because they have a huge online presence. And that their books would then also be, you know, graphic novels and the like would be, distributed through Penguin Random House, who they've already had a deal with for a while. Penguin Random House actually takes care of most of their orders from major bookstores and the like. Uh, It puts every comic book store in the country, except for these two major retailers, in a huge bind because it increases your shipping costs astronomically. Because Mm -hmm. the idea of Diamond and why people that complain about it being a monopoly and somebody should just take them over are wrong is that what diamond does by consolidating everything every major publisher every minor publisher is with diamond you get toys games books calendars tchotchkes blind boxes funko pops all that comes through diamond it all comes in one shipment and what that does is it drives the cost of each individual box down which of course is very helpful um it's still really expensive but it's nothing like what happens when you get just a couple of boxes from these two new distributors, which from some of the numbers that I've seen are shipped astronomically high, especially if you're on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, both inch distributors were started out as the distributors for Discount Comic Book Service in Midtown, Midtown Comics in New York, which means they dealt with some mail orders, some stores would order some issues that they may have been out of from them. But all of a sudden they were thrown into the mix with this idea when DC went to distribute with them a month and a half ago, month and a, a month ago, was June, yeah, because it was maybe the end of April, early May. Yes, when a few DC comics were ready to come off the come off the the shelves, the, the printing shelves, they were not printing anything because they couldn't, and mm-hmm. they decided to distribute through these guys. So some comic shops signed up with them, but most people waited for Diamond for a reason. And people have always asked, or started to ask, how could DC break with Diamond when they have an exclusive contract with them? And what we've come to find out is all the way back, when Marvel broke up the entire distribution industry by buying their own distributors and going exclusive with them, which is important to remember this as we go forward, DC struck deals with every other major publisher. Exclusivity deals would shut down all the other distribution companies that were in the United States and North America. But in that contract with DC, apparently there was a clause that said something to the effect of if DC, if diamond is unable to ship books that are already printed for whatever reason, DC holds the right to be able to self distribute those books or come up with an alternative. 
Now, the idea when it was probably written was if Diamond went out of business or if Diamond went bankrupt, Or if DC had stuff on the West Coast, but the East Coast was socked in with snow, they could do a week or two of selling their own stuff. Mm -hmm. As it became, the coronavirus COVID-19 shutdown of Diamond's Warehouses, which was, no one could work there anyway. It was a mandatory shutdown. And they were unable to ship the product that they had, that DC had already printed for the weeks of the first two weeks of April and DC decided to ship that product on their own invoking that clause. And now is basically saying that diamond broke their contract by not being able to distribute that stuff. And that gives them the right to terminate the contract immediately and go with their own two distributors. And what that's done is also to tell everybody you have somewhere around 48 hours to sign up with a brand new distributor who has, we have no idea. And I say we, because I do work for a company store. Uh, mm-hmm. We have no idea if they're going to be able to handle this many accounts. So some people said their shipping so far is okay, but that um, the, uh, that's with like a couple of stores, you know, not, not yeah. a huge volume compared to, nearly a 1,000 stores in North America. We don't know how they're going to be able to handle that volume. Uh, They've given no information how they're going to handle international accounts. International accounts will still be able to get books because Penguin Random House will distribute pretty much anywhere in the world. But Penguin Random House is not handling periodicals at all. They're not handling floppies or single issues, whatever you want to call them. So that brings me to a question. Is this the end of DC's single-issue runs? Or is Not it yet, the beginning of it? But it seems to be in the right space. There's a lot of rumor and speculation because DC isn't saying anything. They, their email was so incredibly, I mean, it was it was offensive <laughs> with how, you know, our, we, we sent us out to our retail partners in order to continue to be the best retail partners that this, the world had. We're, we're screwing you over and we're going to cut, cut the heart out of you because it's usually a third. Mm-hmm. You know, if we figure if you cut everything into threes, it's DC, Marvel, and other. And right. so a third of your shipping is now gone. And Diamond, a third of Diamond shipping is now gone. And the thought is there is a possibility Diamond's going to raise its shipping rates. And fans don't really understand how much shipping adds to it, especially for stuff that's on the West Coast. I mean, these boxes are really expensive. And you think of how much product is in it and the number of product that's in it and the price of the product that's in it. This is a decent percentage of shipping that cuts into your your margin. On some places, I've seen some of them in, in uh, some stores have said on public forums that for their amount of product that they're selling at DC right now, the shipping, the added shipping cost means that they're selling them at a loss going forward. And we've seen shops already say that they're no longer going to carry DC products. Um, if you're a fan, you're listening to this, you need to talk to your local comic book store if that's what you get your stuff through and find out what they might be able to do or what they might not be able to do. Because, unfortunately, they may have to make a hard choice and not carry DC at all because they can't take that loss. Well, do you think um, that... Until something else changes. DC, this is the thing. From DC's DC's thing, from what we know, we know that... We don't know. We speculate that a lot of this is pushed by AT&T, who owns Time Warner or combined Time Warner, whatever, that owns DC as a publishing now. Ever since AT&T has come over... 
it feels like numbers are being crunched by new people that look at DC and instead of it being self-sustaining, which seems to be Disney's policy with Marvel, look, as long as you don't lose money, you're fine. DC seems hmm. to be in, an, in, a, in a spot where AT&T is saying you should be more profitable and your reach should be greater. We don't know how this was going to make the reach greater, but okay. Um, and the feeling that DC really wants to push digital. That was going to be my question. Really wants to push, really wants to push digital and really wants to push the book market. DC's Inc. and Zoom imprints, which are now just like DC Kids or something, is YA-centric graphic novels, um, kid-centric graphic novels starring characters like Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Green Lantern, uh, Harley Quinn, Black Canary. And they've done very well, and they're easy to sell in a book market. It's harder to sell Batman Volume 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in a book market. But selling Long Halloween in a book market is easy. Selling Black Knight or you know Batman White Knight is pretty easy in a book market easier and so they have a push for that and we know that jim is very digital oriented he really likes the digital side of comics now he's a big twitch guy he loves technology so we wonder if some of that is coming from him we have no answers whether that's true or not um we again have sort of the feeling that dan didio leaving was because of stuff like this that he wanted to sort of continue with the status quo of printing comics and getting them to comic book stores. And maybe that was part of his decision to leave or part of their decision to ask him to leave. My personal feeling is that DC comics will not publish single issues by 2025. That's my guess. They want to do graphic novels and the like. They love seeing the movies that make money, even when they're terrible. And that's where their focus is going to be. But I think their their idea of the the idea that they don't seem to value the idea that kids grow up with Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman and even kids today are growing up with those characters and that's why they go see Batman versus Superman they go see Justice League and they go see Wonder Woman and they go see Green Lantern and mm-hmm. they buy the T-shirts and they buy the lunch boxes and they buy the action figures and they buy whatever and that may be missing in ten years. Or 20 years. The long con of this is how often are you, and how are you going to get new characters? Because you're never going to take any risks. Because you really, were well, you going to take a risk on something that's that's a that's a $30 OGN versus a $4 comic? Something like Naomi, right. which came out in 2019, you know, early in 2019, became a speculator sensation, but it was still a new character that was seemed to be very important to them. And that character, there's no way Naomi gets her own comic book in this new digital only age because we don't know if anybody's going to see it. We don't know if anyone's going to, going to really like it. And it's very expensive to publish or print 35, 45,000 copies of a graphic novel that has no, there's, there's no, um, there's no, no guarantee there's no, if it's going to yeah, well, yeah, it. There's no, there's nothing built in, but going and back to digital too. And the thing that I think they forget with digital is I've seen reports that up to 85% of comics that are read online are read illegally. Sure. Digital is mm-hmm. a piracy nightmare. So you may have 135,000 people reading Batman, but you're only having less than 35,000 of them pay for it. But and you, that's mm-hmm. the number that should scare DC. And also the fact that digital, they're, they're, they're charging the same thing for digital as they are for print. And mm-hmm. I think even without the print, you're going to have digital fans 
have to put a little bit of a backlash to that. To pay $4 for something that you don't own, that's just there that you can download it. And as some people have said, it hasn't happened yet very often, but it's happened enough that if DC just decides, you know what, we're just going to take content away from you, they can do that. And that's one of the things with the streaming services. We've seen it with Disney Plus and, and Star Wars. We have two different versions of Han Solo shooting Green Greedo, and it's whatever Disney decides to give us. Whereas if we buy the version we want physically and we have it, they can't take that away from us. Right. You know, yeah. Disney, as for now, Disney's not coming into your house and going, I'm taking away your original copy of Star Wars because I don't want well, to. Well, soon enough they will. Well, it's like. That's the, what the, but that's the, some, one of the things that's saying is they can take stuff away from you. And we've seen it with some video services for movies in which your catalog is suddenly altered because you've lost the rights to something or you're in a, you're in a, in a, in a dispute with, with, you know, the, the bean counters as to who gets paid for this. And they just suspend you being able to access it. And who's to say that, that DC at one point says, you know what, we don't want anybody reading Naomi. So we're just going to take that out. Well, it's also you like already the have Batwing. It. You already paid for it. You know, the Batwing and, and uh, Batman Dark, uh, Damned. You know, it first you had Batman's yep. penis there, and then they decided they didn't want to, and the digital copy doesn't have it. You know, the newer versions don't have it. It was yeah, it was never available digitally. It was apparently it was always censored digitally because of their deal with Comixology, and Comixology has a you know basically a no pornography clause or whatever. So, but mm-hmm. yes, in in that case, if they had sold you Batman Damned digitally on the day of release and it's full frontal and then decided at midnight, you don't get that anymore. Your digital would be altered. And therefore what you paid for, what you wanted for whatever reason being uncensored, you don't have anymore. It, it digitalism is an odd, you know, it's a wonderful thing and it's brilliant for back issues. It's, you know, killed the back issue market, but in a way that's almost a good thing. You want people reading those stories and not having to pay a ton of money for them and allows you to get stuff that isn't in print and isn't collected mm-hmm. at the moment. I'm all for that. But to do new digital issues, especially with the rate of piracy, you're going to have a lot of people that, and I, and I don't think you have a connection to it. If you're, if you're, if you're stealing your latest issues of Batman, you're not really that big a Batman fan to me. Right. You know, you're just someone that wants to read it because everybody else is reading it or whatever. If you're not getting it, you're not, he's talking about. if you're not paying you for you're, it, and you're getting you're and you're invested. ripping off the company that you are supposed to be enjoying the product from, you're not really you're not a invested. fan. You're, you know, you can be a fan, but your your investment is different. You sure. buy rich yeah. and spend a ton of money on Star Wars. We're invested on Star Wars. I right. spent a ton of money on GI Joe in the last four weeks because these <laughs> damn auctions. So I'm invested with GI Joe. Something like, say, Voltron. I've watched. I've I've gotten very few things ever from. I don't have a lot of money invested in Voltron. I like Voltron, but I'm not someone. I don't consider myself a huge Voltron fan simply because my investment for it is totally different than what it would be for Star Wars, than what it would be for GI Joe or right. Turtles mm-hmm. or Dinosaurs. Uh, so here's here's what I'm afraid of. There is DC. a different. I think I think that's a different fan that isn't willing to put his or her or their money towards a brand. Or a character versus somebody who does. Sure. Mm-hmm. What I'm worried about with DC is this is, seems to me like they're heading to a, a a DC that's not going to be DC Comics anymore. You know, it's going nope. to be... going to be DC Publishing. Right. DC will no longer publish the weekly comic. They will go to a... An event, you they know, will a, go to an event OGN yes format 
and therefore the event OG, I've been telling I've been talking about this for five years. The event OGN format kills diversity in comics because mm-hmm. you're never going to get an original character. It's well, see, here's where I think you're going to get the original to get characters. a character that you really like to have their own sort of title. You're going to you get know, the original it, characters in the other media's, the you know, in yes, cartoons, in movies. One, they're not going to be the focus. No. And two, the amount of time it's going to take to get that character to be on its own is going to take a long time because you're not going to see or feel as a publishing company how that character is is. Well, I guess you can with social media to a certain degree, but are you really going to take the chance that you know? Well, um, what is what is a good the test signal? is going to be Batwoman. Remember. And see how people react to this new character that they've never had before. Yeah, but that's, I mean, maybe that's different than what you're doing. You're doing that on a show that people are already watching. Sure. Now, if you were to do that in comics, like you introduce a brand new Batwoman, that Batwoman is not getting a series anytime soon. But even take away the idea of anyone in a bat suit. Like, mm-hmm. You're never going to see Static Shock published by on its own. You're never going to see Booster Gold or, or Blue Beetle have its own title again. Hell, you may even go so far to have Green Arrow not have a title ever again. There's no Green Arrow title right now. He started the CW-verse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're in a spot. You're sort of like, what the hell? I don't know. I mean, it just I don't think you're going to see original characters at all. And it's going to be a while before we get anybody new that's going to take. Do you think DC is going to backtrack on this? Uh, it depends on, there's a, there's a very catch 22 scenario that's involved. And that is that if stores, um, reduce their numbers, especially with, um, uh, especially with the, the new distributor. So if you go from, let, let's just take an imaginary store, uh, that, uh, um, orders a hundred copies of, of Batman, the regular Batman title, and now they're only ordering thirty. Well, that is supposed to show DC, hey, if you're going to treat us like this, I'm not going to give my money to you. Right. What we're afraid is that DC is going to use that as a publishing company to go to AT and T and say, see, we shouldn't even publish anything. We might as well just do it digitally, get it straight to the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the that's the catch twenty two to me that that is really there. We, we stores are going to decrease numbers, but um, those numbers might be used against them to push for more digital rather than the the idea of, of doing it in order to try and punish DC to show like, hey, you can't uh, you can't treat us like this or else we're going to. Right, it just means the comic shops really don't have any choice, or can't really show. It's their it's, all, it's yeah. I mean, it's almost with it or, it's this weird thing is that showing your disgust for it, or showing your your disapproval. No, you're showing your support for print comics is to order more and mm. prove to DC. But yes, then you give them what they want because they've already made the move, and it's hard right. because shops can't act as a concert as much as Comics Pro tries to do it. You couldn't get every shop to agree on the fact that we should have waited for Diamond, which most shops mm-hmm. did. The majority of shops didn't sign up with Lunar and UCS, which are the distribution names for the companies that are actual retailers. And like I said, they're in direct competition with everybody. I've seen some people that have said, 
Um, oh, shoot. Uh, hold on a second. Um, that, uh, I don't remember what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm sorry. Um, uh, showing DC's, uh, or the fact that shops aren't buying, or if they're going to continue to buy more, showing showing DC if they're making the right move or not, basically. Yeah, but it's, since they've already gone to those two distributors, then you're giving them exactly what they want. And they're going to use that number, again, the false positive, that number going, see, everybody wanted us to change distributors because they're ordering mm-hmm. more. So but how likely do you think it's an impossible situation? How likely do you think it is that if DC went to a strictly digital platform, how, how likely is it that fans are going to move with them? I mean, I know DC fans are very, very loyal. Very loyal. If that's the only way they're going to get their comics, yes, mm-hmm. totally. I mean... If you've been reading Batman for the last 15 years and they tell you the only way you can read it is you got to get it on your iPad, are you going to do it? Yeah, you're going to do it. Do you think this is a push you to know, save DC Universe? Or- no. Because DC Universe is dead. I don't see any reason. Because the, the comic reader is the, the, the smallest part of DC Universe, really. And that can be easily parsed off to something else, just like Marvel did. Marvel, Marvel mm-hmm. Unlimited gives you those back issues for um, on its own service. So you've got, they can easily make a DC reader, DC Unlimited, whatever you want to call it, and then move all the filmed in- entertainment to HBO Max, which is what they should have done in the first place. That's true. That's what they should have done. There, as a matter of fact, yeah. there's more Batman animated and film on DC, excuse me, on HBO Max than there is on DC Universe. You know, you have yeah. you have most of the animated films and you have most of the theatrical films on DC. Uh, excuse me, on, on Max. Yes, that's that's what like people. There's so much DC product exclusive to HBO Max. I'd understand if it was cross-platform. Sure. Because you're asking people like, well, you know, if you if you bought DC Universe, you don't necessarily have to buy. If all you wanted was the DC stuff, here's Max for thirty dollars, and here's DC Universe for fifteen. If you just want the DC stuff, get DC Universe, and you get comics. Yeah. But that's not what they did. They're like, no, you have Batman product that's exclusively on HBO Max, but you're paying for DC Universe for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have to admit, though, uh, Stargirl on uh, DC Universe is so much better than it is on CW. Watching it uncut. How different is it? Um, I, I would say it's like watching Doctor Who on... Uh, like on Netflix or HBO Max uh, compared to watching it on... Uh, BBC America, but you wouldn't understand them. You know, it's it's. <laughs> no, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. I know that's what I'm no. saying is that it's cut for time. It's mm. probably the easiest way to okay, say. Okay, so it. It, it is a longer. Is it is it just so content more st- or is it? Just, I mean, is it is it just minutes or is it the content is altered? Um, I've only watched the first. Like, episode. are you getting? Yeah, I've only watched the first episode on 
uh, CW. So it's hard to remember because now we're on the fourth episode now. But the episode, like right now, the episode is 53, or yeah, it's 53 minutes and seven seconds on uh, on HBO, or excuse me, on uh, Disney, oh shit. On, on HBO DC Max. Universe. DC Universe, yeah. Just so so it's on DC. I, I thought it was on HBO Max for some reason. No, no, it's on DC Universe. So it's 53 minutes on DC Universe. Mm. And let's just start recording again. Let us know, Rich. And on CW, it's it's runtime is about you know forty nine minutes after you take out the commercials. So you do you're you're losing so you're getting, some time. So you're getting like about five minutes of extra content. Yeah, about that. Well, I was wondering if the content that you could actually see on both was separate or was different, like you know. It just her, feels her, her different, too. CW where she says, gosh darn it. And then on HBO, she's like, I want to F you in the A with your balls all over my taint or something. Well, consider, wow. considering she's supposed to be she's 15. But I will say something that surprised me last week is to show basically a whole episode where she fails as a new superhero, I think I found that kind of nice. Where it wasn't like, you're really oh, a failure. good job. Yeah, no, right. But I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't just like, you know, you're oh, showing her learning at the end of the. You're showing her learning episode, instead of a montage type thing. It, it's not the Spider-Man montage where you know Tobey Maguire hits up against the side of the building once or twice, and you know the next thing you know he's swinging through Manhattan. You know, it's, it's, she's learning to be star girl and still, right. you know, even, even after she, she starts to get a little bit of hang on it, a hang of it, you still see her failing or not necessarily. But she still doesn't really know that she, what she's doing type of thing yet. Hey, That's she's the thing I think I said, bro, right. so I know, right? I didn't realize it. she is Bella from Bella and the Bulldogs on, uh, on Nickelodeon. Well, it's a good thing you know that. It's a girl that used to play. She was the quarterback of the football team. Look at her. Mm. Now she's quarterbacking that giant robot. <laughs> Stripe. <laughs> Get it right. What's because uh, uh, what's the oh, what the hell's the name of that? Oh, old school has been on IFC or whatever like four times a day. Oh, yeah. Or I forgot the chick from Grey's Anatomy was in that. She was the love interest. She looks totally different. Yeah. And she's not massively annoying like she is on that show. But, yeah. but Luke Wilson is in that. And I watched it like, oh, yeah, now you're doing CW shows. How how, how far the mighty have fallen? Well, you can it's definitely like sell them. weeks ago, it's like when you see Amy Smart and Luke Wilson, who played these teen raunchy comedy movies back in the early 2000s and the 90s, and now you see them as parents. You're just like, damn, I'm old. Oh, is, Amy, is Amy Smart the mother? Yeah, she's yeah. the mother. Oh, I don't know that. Amy Smart never got as big as Luke Wilson did to me. No. No, Not she really, didn't. No. Luke Wilson, you know, wow. I'm in movies, wow. <laughs> yep. I did Jackie Chan movies, wow. <laughs> Mr. That's Freeze. Owen. That's Owen Wilson. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. Luke Wilson is no Owen Wilson. Oh, okay. Owen Wilson was the biggest part between the two of them. Yes. But Luke Wilson yeah. was a decent. Uh, Luke is. Decent I, I think Luke well. is the better actor of the two. 
Yeah, yeah because he doesn't have to play Owen Wilson every time. Yeah. <laughs> you go to an Owen Wilson movie and he's straight laced, you're like, wait, what the hell did I just see? Well, Owen Wilson is like Will Smith. You know, when you see a movie, it's Owen Wilson playing that character. Yeah, but you Will know? Smith has an Oscar nomination for Ali, so. I don't think Owen Wilson's going to get one for, you know, National Treasure or National Museum, whatever. <laughs> Not at the Museum 6. Drill bit, drill bit Taylor 2. Yeah, Drill Bit Taylor 4. Um, yeah, you can definitely tell that this show wasn't made for the CW, that it, it's got a bigger budget. A much bigger budget. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, yeah. a, man, it still looks like crap. That robot looks terrible. Well, was CD he was Starman's original sidekick stripey? What's that? No, it was always, I think it was always stripe. Was it but they call him stripey in the show. Weird. Maybe she called him that because Stargirl is stars and stripe. Right. And stripe was the robot yeah. and she was the star. No, even the first episode, Starman calls him Stripey. Right. I have no idea. I've never actually read the original stuff. Because Stargirl and and Stripes, Stars and Stripes, she was Star. And then Mm. it became Stargirl when Starman officially retired. She's always had Starman's uh, rod, though. (laughs) Real thick that, yeah. She's only 15, man. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) She's always had Starman's rod. Don't have Starman's rat, the, Star the other, rod. the other tidbit is Joel McHale is Starman. <laughs> Joel yes. McHale is Starman. Yes. yes. Wow. If you look at the first episode, I was like, I know him from somewhere. And I, well, I when and I, I saw like, the picture, Joel McHale. When I, I saw the picture, IMDb, yeah. and it's sure enough, it's Joel McHale. They, they show the inexorably the star of the Joel McHale show. They show the classic <laughs> picture of the uh, the JSA, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the JLS, I mean, sorry, excuse me. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a classic picture you've seen a million times. You know, matter of fact, I think Carr has one hanging or had one hanging in Earth 2 on uh, Ventura. Um, the Earth 2 mm. painting is the original painting from Smallville. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, yeah. That's why we've never, we've had people offer us a lot of money for that painting, but yeah. it's not going anywhere. That is the screen used painting by Alex Ross in Smallville. Okay, so it's it's that classic, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, that's Joel McHale. And Beth, Beth even was like, is that Joel McHale? This is the weird role for him. Right. Um, I guess it, for a one-off role, he was just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Oh, it's not one-off, by the way, bud. You don't think so? No, the janitor. Relax, only 15, relax. The janitor is, is Starman. Well, thanks. Jeez. I already figured, I figured that one out the very first time I saw it. Um, yeah, but no, the, the show is definitely not. It, it has a budget to it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Um. So yeah, the DC. It, I can't put HBO Max on any of my TVs. Well, it's 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 not well, you HBO can watch Max. It no, no, no. If, if you're telling me that there's extra content, I'm not watching the cut content. Come on. It depends. If the extra content is actually it's not something much. that provides to the story. It's not much. Just like, if yeah. you're going to give me one or the other, I'm going to take the other. It's just like I'm watching. I finally finished Last Dance. 
I don't bother with the TV 14. I do the TVMA and listen to MJ drop F-bombs over and over again. <laughs> and then I just started Lance, uh, the 30 for 30 Lance Armstrong. And, man, the F-word's like 40 times in the first two minutes because of the stories that he tells. What surprises me? Uh, I'm going to watch it that way. I don't need that many beeps. What surprises me is the Harley Quinn cartoon that's on uh, Disney. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's, it, the it's one... definitely not on Disney. <laughs> Yeah, on DC Universe. DC Universe. On DC Universe. Harley's R-rated stuff on, D- on Disney, <laughs> DX or whatever. Or the XD channel. XD, now featuring the F-word. <laughs> that, well, that was their more extreme channel, wasn't it? Yes. But no, that they've ported everything, <laughs> the, all the language and all the violence and everything from yeah. DC Universe over to sci-fi. Well, technically, on basic mm. cable, since you're paying for it, the FCC isn't supposed to be able to control it. So you can do whatever you want. Just everybody just doesn't do it. They're starting to do more and more. South Park no. still does. Well, yeah, they kind of have to because you're losing. I think the only thing is the F-bomb is the is the kicker. Because it still doesn't the matter. Same with, That's the thing. It's, it's the same with the, with the Walking Dead, though. When all with Negan, they were trying to figure out how they were going to do it where they can right, drop they the F-bomb. Right, because they But technically, by law, if you're paying for it, which you are with cable or satellite service, the FCC doesn't control it. They could have done They could you've have. you've made the choice to bring it into your home. You are responsible at that point to monitor and, and choose the content. I think with Negan, if you would have dropped the F-bomb and had the violence, it would have been way too much for that audience. Yeah. Well, I know. So choose the violence that was over the... the big selling point of buying the Blu-ray for that season because that whole speech that he does is filled with F-bombs, and they actually recorded it with that as well. And that was the big selling point for the Blu-ray is you buy it, you get the uncut version. But the mainstream audience version. that watches that show is not going to be going out and buying the Blu-ray necessarily. So you can do right. it there. Mm-hmm. But if you're having him with the violence and with the F-bomb, it's going to be too much for your average viewer. But you know it wasn't too much for the average viewer? One week ago today, SpaceX and NASA launched two astronauts into space on the first privatized rocket ship. That's too much. That's really just too much. But what's amazing... No, watch that because there's too many other stuff. <laughs> what's amazing is that their names are Bob and Doug and they did watch they Strange Brew. The whitest people on the planet <laughs> to be astronauts. That was the dichotomy of that day. Was <laughs> oh, everything totally. else that was going on related to the civil unrest um, over the continuing actions of authority versus uh, black people in this country. And then to watch the SpaceX launch with Bob and Duck, <laughs> you could not. The only thing you could have done is if they were both named Chad. Chad and Chad are going into space. Chad and Kyle. As soon as they say Chad and Chad, you're like, dude, those are those people are white. Now nah, it'd be too. Bob that'd be like bras, bros going into space. Bob and Doug oh, are pretty no. white names. Well, the whitest names outside of Chad and Chad, like that's it. Chad and <laughs> Kyle. No, not even Kyle. Not even no. Kyle. I, I've never. I've, I've met a. I've met a, uh, uh, a gentleman, a black gentleman named Kyle. Um, so that's one. But I've never seen everybody named Chad. Jordan. Jordan be a good one too. Hey, Chad. Chadwick Boseman. 
He could be a Chad. Yeah, but nobody calls him Chad. What was the in- most one of the most interesting <laughs> things about this was this was such a nice break in what we've had of a crazy 2020. It was like getting to the middle of a game and you get this really nice cut scene before you have to go back into battle. No, it's the middle mm. of the game where the two guys look at the rocket and go, we're out of here and just leave. <laughs> they picked a great time to leave. They picked the, the most earth. perfect like, you know time. What? Disease, civil unrest, no sports, no concerts. Disneyland's closed. Walt Disney World is closed. Universal's like open the doors and you get the COVID like this, likes this status <laughs> on Facebook. And they're like, I'm going to get in a capsule and I'm going to go into space and I'm going to live there for a while. It's not even I'm coming back next week. They're going, we're going to take the long time. I think almost everybody in America has forgotten exists because we've been sending U.S. astronauts to it, riding on Russian spacecraft, yep. which is amazing when you really think about it. We won the space race in the 60s. Kennedy is turning over in his grave. That is if he was actually really killed because, you know, conspiracy theories. I'm sure he's still alive somewhere going, oh, I'm so glad we uh, returned to space. We win the space race, and now we've got to hitch a ride like a thumbing hobo on the side of the road to get into space. And now we can't even make our own spacecraft. We have to – Elon Musk, who's nuts, has decided, I'll make the spacecraft for you. But the great thing with this is, is, one, we've launched from American soil. Cape Canaveral has something to do, yeah. thank God. They go to space in this tiny capsule, which still has more computing power than the space shuttle. And mm-hmm. you realize that they've done the reusable rockets, which is fantastic. So you don't have to dump them into space or dump them into the ocean. Or you can dump them into space, too. Um I think, I think the second booster goes into space. In the shuttle, but, the reason you know, that they went to a orange, they stopped painting it, was because they were dumping them into the space. Into space, so because the original. No, no, the tank, the tankers were re, were being reused. Not the, the center. Tank was reused. Not the center. The, the rocket tanks. boosters were being reused. The ro- no, this, the other way around. no, the rocket boosters were reused. They they would land with a parachute in the ocean and they recover them. It was the center. Fuel cylinder. That's the fuel tank. Yeah. That would that it was originally white, and they stopped painting it because they realized that there's no use wasting the money on paint because we're just jettisoning it into space. Yeah. So that's when it became orange. Just getting rid of everything, so might as well not paint it. But you know, but Elon Musk didn't just say, "Hey, you know, we're going to land the propellant rocket down. We're going to make it where." If you know there's any kind of trouble, they can jettison the capsule and save the astronauts instead yeah. of just yeah. allowing them to blow up with it. Which is one of the most amazing yeah. things that I can't believe no one thought of before this. Well, remember that this the space shuttle is a gigantic machine, right? I mean, yeah. look at the rockets used to put that thing in space. And the amount of fuel they needed for those rockets, but the, the fuel piece that we're, that we're talking about is a ginormous piece of equipment. Nice. And that's what was taken because the space shuttle is massively heavy. Oh, yeah. This is just a little capsule that these guys get to go into space with. And to be able to fly it and do everything. Well, obviously, payloads are going to be different. But now we're in a spot where we can bring payloads without a uh, manned crew. So the idea is to use that separately and be able to launch the crew at a, uh, a, a reduced cost with a partnership with a uh, private firm 
that mm -hmm. gets crew to space differently than um, material because, again, you, it's safer because the, the amount of rocket fuel and the, the rockets that you have to use to move heavy cargo up there is going to be more dangerous than this rocket that has a single booster. It's really, mm -hmm. it, it's an amazing thing to, to, to go through, and it's just... It's, it was nice to see that day you've kind of forgotten about all of this. And then, of course, we cut to the assistant director or director of NASA, who is just absolutely sucking on President Oh, Trump's totally. Jeez. It was so annoying because it's just like I know if, if there's one thing that might be uh, <laughs> good from all of this. Yes, he, he has a part on for NASA and the Space Force and whatever, and to bring ourselves back into some sort of, of space agency and space exploration because let's face it, we need to get off this planet at some point. You know, it's, and we're not going to Mars because we can't. We're going to Mars because we're not going to be able to live here anymore. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but there is, I think there's something to it. I know that day again. The Earth is the, kicking the us off. Of that day was was very important to people, or very. I saw a lot of people are just like, why are we, why are we using this? You know, why are we using all of this money to go into space when there's so many things we do here? But there is something for uh, there. There's something to that push for discovery and exploration mm -hmm. and science and things that I think is important to the human spirit. Well, it's also the romance of, of sound, getting past stupid, our boundaries. Like, that's what that's what pushed us to go to the moon in the '60s. Was the it wasn't you know what did we gain? We we figured out how to go to space. We figured out how to orbit and go there, and what is that given to us? But a lot of people said it. We don't – people on their cell phones complaining about how much money we spent on the space program. We said, yeah, if we never spent money on the space program, you would have never been able to use your phone. Right. Because that's where the satellites right. come from. Well, and the other thing was – To try and take these steps because we're now way behind where we thought we were going to be because the when when you've had people, you know, scientists and, and engineers and – and astronomers, um, excuse me, astronauts talking about what it would take to get to Mars. It's not just like, oh, we go to the moon times two. It's it's exponentially harder. Correct. And we haven't done anything that pushes forward our understanding of how to get there faster and how to keep us alive. Mm -hmm. Now, when we look at the space capsule and we look at how advanced it is to get them just to the International Space Station, you look at it and also go, how did we ever go to space in the first place? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, we were going with altimeters and stuff. And when well, they said that the space they, shuttle the had 2,000. In the 60s, with the, the hell with the space shuttle, with, with the Apollo, the idea was they probably had a 50-50 chance when they launched. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. so incredible how But they said that the space shuttle had 2,000 knobs and uh, and switches and, and breakers. Oh, yeah. And this is and this three touch panels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a touch screen that does everything. Well, it said also it took them 19 hours to get to the space station. You think about, like, how much farther it would take or how much longer it would take to get to Mars, too. Well, the diff the, yes. Well, part of that is also because they, they had to orbit as they were gaining altitude to, to match mm -hmm. up with the space station. Correct. So they kind of right. used the, the orbit of the Earth in order to continue to propel it vertically, you know, and if you were to think of it in just three dimensions. Uh, mm -hmm. or two dimensions to go vertically to where the safe station is. Um, yeah, it's just insane. Well, man. here's the other weird and then thing. A couple days after, 
they sent out a couple satellites too. So Sixty satellites. I was just going to say that, that they, the only thing that they were doing. That shows you. That shows you the power that SpaceX has. Is that immediately after they just do this major launch, they're releasing. You know, they're they're sending up another rocket that has sixty satellites in it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just, pretty insane. Yeah, it was sixty. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's a lot of satellites. Yep. I think. And the, those satellites are supposed to uh, bring internet service to like rural areas and yeah. you know places where they can't uh, run wires and things like that. Basically, so it's pretty uh, pretty amazing what they're doing. You know what I think? Areas are gonna be surprised when they get hooked to the internet and find out what the world's really about. I think it was what pretty. Oh my God! No, turn it off. <laughs> I think it was pretty excellent. Isaiah, shut that down. Never look at that again. Let's just pray. You know that, Ethan? <laughs> I think it's pretty excellent. What? Hi, I'm Alex. Which brings me to our next thing, which yeah, is Bill and Ted, huh? <laughs> what about you notice why I didn't respond? I don't know when he's going to use the actual button or if he's going to continue to. Well, we, here. we really need to get together to record this stuff because I can't hear a word either of you are saying anymore. Here's the here's the Bill and Ted uh, speech that they gave for San Dimas High as they were graduating. Remember, San Dimas High School football. Hi, rules. I'm Alex Winter. Hi, I'm Keanu Reeves. And together we are. Wild stallions. And we know it's a tough time right now and that you're having to do this virtual graduation. Uh. We want to wish you the best of luck moving forward. Yeah, congratulations to the graduating class of 2020. Well done. San Dimas High School football does roll. Rules! <laughs> most importantly, we wanted to tell you to be excellent to each other. And party on. So, yeah, they seem to uh, really put a lot of... Um... Well, you're wondering, I mean, I don't know where they got the tranquilizers, <laughs> but <laughs> right? somebody had to stop Bill and Ted from saving the universe, apparently, so they shot them with tranquilizer darts. I will point out, one of the things they do that we don't is pause when they're done and let other people speak. <laughs> Well, or Keanu just makes sounds. To me, this is how they should have done it. I'm Bill S. Preston, Esquire. And I'm Chad Theodore Logan. That's how they should have done it. But it just felt like... it, It felt like there was no energy at all to it. Especially on Kiana. Like five minutes before and say, hey, you want to do something for San Dimas High School? (laughs) We got 25 bucks. (laughs) You want to do something? Yeah, what was was that internet thing that you could buy a celebrity to do something? Cameo. Cameo. Yeah. San Dimas High School was like, hey, we've got a special right now. You can get Bill and Ted for $500. Let's do it. (laughs) I thought it was cool that they did it for San Dimas. But no, it was cool, I and mean, they're always connected to San Dimas, obviously, which is funny because every time when I would drive to White Chocolates when he was living in uh Corona, I'd go through San Dimas. And... 
His, he just cut out. Yeah, we can't hear you. I can't hear you. I, <laughs> you're flipping me off, but I can't hear you. Um, it's funny <laughs> is when I first moved to California and I drove through San Dimas, I was like, oh, my God, San Dimas is real. This is a real place. How cool is this? How excellent is this? I've always I've always dated San Dimas, San Dimas with uh, Raging Waters, so nothing yeah. else is there except Raging Waters to me. You mean Waterworld? Not Waterworld. For oh, what's San Dimas? What do they Raging call it in the movie? Oh. I forget what they call it in the movie. But it's funny, is the first time I went to Raging Waters, I was like, this is where they filmed. The, the, you know, yep. Napoleon was here. <laughs> <laughs> what their slide. I don't think it's gonna work, Napoleon. Non. <laughs> <laughs> Which nope. I've never, I've never called Socrates by his right name ever since. <laughs> so great. So great. Slowness of arc. And then, of course, the the sequel. Oh, uh, I want to watch so that good. now. I gotta show. Arabelle's never seen it. I have to show it to her. The sequel's amazing. But Bill Sadler is death. Oh. Bill Sadler is death is amazing. Sweet sweeper, but sooner or later, you dance with the reaper. Probably the funniest thing in that whole movie is when they're they're doing the shopping, and the guy's smoking the cigarette, and Death looks at him, be seeing you real soon, <laughs> and it just leaves. <laughs> it's so good. Wow, that was. 1991 was the uh, was yep. Bogus Journey. Was Bogus Journey was 91? Yeah, I guess that's right, because I think Bill and Ted was 6th grade, or maybe the summer between 6th and 7th. Because I went to see that with White Chocolate. I think I went to see it with White Chocolate and Derek. I'm thinking that. Yeah. What was the first one, 88? 89? Uh, something like that. Something like that? I don't think I've ever seen the second one. I've always seen oh the first god. one. Oh my god! You've never seen the so second cool. one? Oh my god! I don't think so. I may have, but I don't remember seeing it. It succeeds in being a different film because it's nuts, and it's just <laughs> it's the first one. I'm gonna check it out. I still remember. I still remember the commercial. You have the hard. But I don't know. Bill and Ted are dead because originally it was supposed to be Bill and Ted go to hell. Yep. No. Yeah, we should change that. Oh, speaking of Bell and the Bulldogs, uh, Alex Winter was in Bell and the Bulldogs. He was in it? Yeah. I didn't realize he's acted since the second one. Dude, he's done a lot of work. Oh, yeah, no, he's been a very successful behind-the-camera guy. He's a director. Um, he Voiceover. Did, did have their own, uh, Bill and Ted had their own serial, which was awful. Yep. Um, but got it because it came with a little phone booth inside of it. That you could get. It was just like a plastic case that had an antenna on it. But they had, um, <laughs> but they did Bill and Ted's, uh, the animated series. Alex Winter did his yes, voice. Yep. By that point, Keanu Reeves was like, no, I don't need to do that. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was 1989. It was 89. Wow. That was good times. I miss those. So days. good. Going to movies. That was Spencer's those days. Yeah. We're going to go a whole year without a Marvel film. Excellent!
apparently uh, AMC is saying that they're having a real hard time and they may not be able to open up again. Yeah, there's a lot of places that are going through that. So that could be the reason why Amazon's buying them. Do. Yeah. Well, that could be the reason why Amazon's buying them. I saw I saw talk again that they were yeah. considering putting Mulan on Disney Plus later this year. Yeah. I still don't think they're doing that. I'd be surprised if that or Black Widow made Disney Plus as the premiere. I think they said they're going to do, like, the online rental first and then go to Disney Plus. Like, running through Amazon, kind of like what Trolls did. And then once it runs its course through there to put it on Disney Plus. I I say if you're going to do it. You're going to sell If you're going to do anything, you're going to sell it. That's ridiculous to have a movie that costs you... Two hundred and fifty million dollars. Just put it on Disney Plus. Well, then you, right. you you raise the price up to like fifty bucks to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's probably what they're going to end up doing. They'll do the rental first. I I really think they can wait. It's not. I I know everyone's like the same thing with the the parks. They're just like, oh, the parks are going to shut down because they're losing so much money. It's like Disney has no problem going into debt. You know, that's the thing is you have a company. That's It'll take that them much. two weeks to get back out of it. Exactly. You know? like they can. They've been in debt before. Hell, they were almost purchased before. You yeah. know, it's it's not the end of the world. Um, that's all we need is a president who really likes Disney. What the hell are you we, doing, we Ethan? Garage band. Hmm? We can we hear that. Garage band while we're doing this. Just playing music. What are you talking about? Watching porn. What are you doing? He's playing I'm roulette. Uh, the real te- the real test will be this while you were gone, Rich. But I think we should have Ethan's mom and dad on the show. I think <laughs> be an excellent episode. That would be I'll interesting. We could ask his dad, like, what did you think about the first episode you ever listened to, where we discussed <laughs> your your son's love life at the end of it? Daddy <laughs> doesn't even remember it. Um, we'll remind him. <laughs> and then he'll tell me like, "Oh, I've listened to this other podcast, and they have five hundred thousand people that listen every week. Why aren't you doing this?" <laughs> and basically turn it into a whole "you're a failure in life." <laughs> we don't promote it. That's why. Yeah, we could definitely have him on. Then he can say that to all of us. All of you are losers. <laughs> See, we don't. We we like the fans we have. We don't want to sell out. We like the fan we have. We don't want to sell out to the masses. Well, yeah, we have two. You we spent your entire life now. trying to sell out. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Outside of immediate family, you'd sell anybody for four bucks. Come on. <laughs> Maybe not you two. At and first. Even then, you make it high enough, you're like, nah, I'm sure I'll see Bella again. <laughs> I'll give you a role in a Marvel movie, but we have to. Bella's got to live at our house for a couple of years. Okay. <laughs> Well, she's hitting 13. That's my, that may not be such a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a win-win, you know? Um, now, with with all the, the unrest we have right now, this will be the real test to see how groups do together. Although I still think that we're going to see a very big spike in coronavirus. We're going to see a huge spike. The only reason you may not see a huge spike is because people are not going to go get tested because they're mm-hmm. afraid of locking everything back down again. Yeah. As a collective group, as a mob mentality of, I don't want them to know I have coronavirus because if we do, we're finally starting to open up, even though we probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. 
And we'll see. I mean, some of the places that opened early, I think it's it wasn't Virginia. Maybe it was Virginia. But within 24 hours, there was two news reports in the Washington Post. One being how Virginia hasn't seen the second surge in cases in 24 hours. Is Virginia now holds a, a, a record <laughs> a record number of surging cases <laughs> in like yeah. two days? They nearly doubled their cases. So it's it's scary because. As we get closer to things opening and trying to get some sense of normalcy and then get past that in the next year or so, we've seen reports of them trying to do a vaccine. They're talking about a a risk vaccine, which is not a, not a, um, uh, they're saying a a therapy, but a financial risk that they would, they would start producing it before trials were completed. Um, go through the normal trials, and if everything works out, then you already have massive amounts of the vaccine that are produced. But, of course, if it doesn't work out, then you've wasted all your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and these types of things take a lot of time, but you have so many people working on it because it is, you know, as Ethan said, we, we may lose movie theaters. Uh, we may lose comic shops. I mean, we, we don't know, going back to the D.C. thing, we really have no idea if, COVID-19 lockdown was an excuse for DC to do this or an excuse for moving the timetable up or if it's the pause gave them the chance to look at this in greater detail and go, hey, you know what? What if we go all digital? What if we get our own distributors? What if we get Diamond out of here? There's a lot of companies. There's a lot of companies that have used this pause as a way to look at restructuring their company and getting rid of, you know, some execs, some, you know, leaders that they don't need. You know, when you realize that you have, when you realize that you have a district manager and a regional manager and the regional manager is basically overseeing the district managers, when you can get rid of that regional manager and just do it, you know, a territory manager, you're, you know, and cut out steps. Work for home. I mean, you're going to see a lot of companies that are going to transfer new jobs to work from home. So oh, totally. Facilities. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we're going to see, I think you'll see a sea change too in kind of the, the footback. You're going to see companies that do work for home realize that their productivity isn't as high all of a sudden. Like it is when you first do it because people don't know any better, but when you map becomes the norm and you run into kind of getting, lackadaisical about it and it's not you know you it'll be interesting to see like major companies have talked about even when we get into phase four whatever they're still not going to let people back until it's completely done if it's ever completely done because Mm -hmm. they have to restructure their offices and the like and that's going to cost a lot of money well so you know it wasn't completely done when it was launched this show (laughs) HBO Max wasn't completely done when it was launched because they seem to left out Roku and Amazon with being having a, you know the the ability to to stream on those services. They do not have a deal with Roku and they do not have a deal with Amazon. And remember when Disney Plus launched, just before they launched, they were still not on Amazon. Correct. And I got a Roku. Um, went out and bought one because I wasn't going to sign up for Disney Plus and not be able to see it. And I had an Amazon Fire Stick on one of the TVs. And I got a Roku. Who, so I already had a Roku on, on one of my TVs, but I wanted one for the, the other one. But they figured it out just before. What the you know, heck was that? That? Yeah. That's a crow. 
Are they coming for you? Are they coming for you? I don't know. I haven't gotten the birds moment yet. Is it a three-eyed crow since we're talking about HBO? They're going after the hawk. It's Odin's way of telling you your time's up. No, they're going after the hawk. There's a hawk (laughs) that goes through the ditch behind my house here, the wash here. Whenever they get Hmm. close to where the crows are, they go after them and start to, to swarm them. But he just sits there like, no, you can kill him, bro. Come on. There we go. <laughs> oh. Is it a three-eyed crow? Nope. Because, you know, we are talking Fire. about HBO Max here and mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Three-eyed Raven. Max where people will watch the hey, first shut up. I'm trying season. to make a, a point here, Ethan. Huh? I said, shut huh? up. You're, 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 you're ruining my point or my <laughs> connection here. Ruining your connection. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining Oh, there comes the other one. He's just gonna make noise over there. So, uh, yeah, so is there an is there a timetable? And did not make a deal with Amazon Fire to be carried on their their uh, platforms and still have not. So, the two most popular ways to stream <laughs> channels if you don't have a TV that already has all that crap on it is unable to get HBO Max. I get it for free through my AT&T right now because when I re-signed up to get a new phone, they gave me HBO Go now, whatever. I don't even know what the hell it was. HBO, And so period. that transfers over to HBO Max. They're like, congratulations, you can watch HBO Max. And I said, not congratulations, because I can't. You can, you can stream it to your TV. No, I can't. You should be able to. There should be an app that allows you to connect to the uh, Amazon Fire Stick to upload Amazon it. Amazon Fire Stick doesn't have it. No, you should be able. HBO is not on Amazon. No, listen to me. You can, you can, like, screen Mirroring share. Doesn't work with Apple products though. But there's, I, I think there's an, I think there's an app that allows you to screen share to Amazon product. Hmm. It's a third party I don't app. Know, then. So anyways, uh, probably not be very good. anybody got is, anything else? I shouldn't have to worry about putting it on my phone. That is true. I should have it on those two services. Yeah. That is very true. <laughs> Sorry we're boring you. <laughs> so tomorrow, yeah, maybe in, the f- in the middle of a pandemic, HBO Max launches to this great fanfare. And then seemingly everyone seemed to think that they already had made those deals, there was there wasn't the there didn't seem to be the widespread information that there was that I found with Disney Plus when Disney Plus was originally it looked like they were not going to be on Amazon. And I know people that have those services that bought HBO Max at launch and then realized they couldn't watch it. And it's like <laughs> how do you screw this up in the middle of the greatest streaming time in the history of the world as people right. are still home watching everything they can. I mean we don't even know what Ethan's watching. He's just watching like Foreign films and sign right language. Now it's American Gladiator. Oh no no! Spe- you've got to watch Space Force. Watch Space Force. It's I just started, I, freaking I the hilarious. First right before we started recording. Oh my god, that is so hilarious. That looked like it was not going to be good. It's so funny. If you're funny. a fan of The Office, you'll love it, dude. If you if you're a fan of John Malkovich, that too. But it's like. Uh, What's it called? Um, Michael Scott in in the military, basically. See, The uh, Office for me is I didn't laugh as much at The Office as I was just sort of interested in where those characters go, versus something like say Two and a Half Men that I just don't laugh at at all because none of it's good. Mm-hmm. 
but like and <laughs> discussing this with my coworker yesterday. Yeah, no uh, Thursday about how like comedies are we're we're in this uncanny valley where comedy that everybody else loves. Both of us are like, man, Marks and Rec is so good. We love it. I can't get into that show. I never got into Sunny. You're like that with uh, most with a lot of shows that are very popular. People, yeah. Well, especially especially comedy though. I don't know what it is. Maybe my my humor is too lowbrow, but like everyone's big on uh, what we do in the shadows, and it always reminds me because those, those guys also worked on Flight of the Concords how big Flight of the Concords was, and I, I rented it from Netflix, but Netflix used to send you physical DVDs. Uh-huh. Look mm-hmm. it up, dude. Um, and I got about halfway through the first DVD, and I said, this is, I can't, there's nothing to this. The only it's thing I tell you... Laugh, it's not interesting. The only thing I can tell you for this is, and I know you'll get fixated on it, because I, I know how you do with some TV shows sometimes, is Lisa Crudrow's character just... Leave it unexplained. That's all I can say. Leave her character unexplained. I'm fine with unexplained stuff. I'm not like other people that want every answer to everything. I try to take a lot of stuff at face value, which is why Star Wars fandom drives me crazy. <laughs> every time something happens, like, I have to make 3,000 connections to prove that Emperor Palpatine banged Simi Skywalker. Speaking of which, <laughs> I thought of how to do Kenobi. I mean, not physically do. So did Disney. Whoa. No. I know how to do the Kenobi series where you can take him off planet. And it works. You've given me all these theories, and I still don't think it works. Here's the one that works. Okay? The hmm. uh, Maul, knowing that the Purge is going on, has um, Crimson Dawn start searching the galaxy for kids. So one of the, the two of the bounty hunters they hire, which are Aurora Singh and Bosk, are in the outer rim, and they snatch up kids. Luke Skywalker is one of the kids that gets snatched up. Kenobi goes undercover in his Clone Wars bounty hunter outfit to save him. This is when he finds out Maul is alive and in the process saves Luke. And when he, he goes back to Tatooine, or excuse me, he goes to Dagobah to tell Yoda that Maul's alive no, and we need to do something. Wait, 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 that's listen. Way, no, that's way too much. No, listen. It's no, it just, it doesn't listen. matter. One, he doesn't know Maul's alive until Maul shows up. Yes, he does. I mean, it's, it's, it's he knows Maul's alive because he knows he didn't kill him. I mean, it's, it's, it's. But what I'm saying is you can have it. Just listen to me. Just let me finish. I can listen to you. I'm going to tell you it it already doesn't work. Because one, Luke can't be kidnapped. Because once he gets kidnapped, Ben should just take him. Why bring him right back to the same place he was kidnapped? Because let me finish telling you. Let me finish telling you. Because on Dagobah, Ben says we should just train him now because it's too dangerous. Uh, And Yoda tells him we cannot... Go after the Emperor now. We need to wait till the galaxy is ready to take back. They don't have to go after the Emperor if they're just training him. The point is, is they're never going to be able to give you a good enough reason to overlook the very realistic idea that Kenobi, Skywalker, and Yoda all should have went to Dagobah together, trained Luke until he was ready, and then all of them joined the Rebellion. I have that answer, too, because if all of them are together... And they're training Luke, and he if he is as powerful as 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 his father, 
the emperor or Vader will sense them with them with too many force users together will be able to sense them in the force. So they need to be split apart in order for them not to be reg- to come up on in the in the emperor's senses or Vader's senses. When he goes back to take Luke back to Tatooine under Yoda's orders to wait there with his family, then. Obi-Wan is in his hovel getting ready to say, no, I've got to go get Maul and kill Maul. Qui-Gon appears and tells him that he cannot abandon Maul Luke. Maul would never leave to go kill him. Or Obi-Wan would never leave to go kill him. He would if he Obi-Wan thinks... Would never, would never, Obi-Wan wouldn't go on an assassination mission. Not necessarily. Okay, he needs to go stop Maul. To stop him from what? From trying to, you know, from from him stop Maul from becoming, I don't know. That's as far as I got so far. Yeah, there's nothing to go stop him for because his mission is Luke. That's what Qui Gon tells him. This is this is saving Private Ryan. The man is the mission. That's what Qui Gon tells him. You can. No, listen. Qui Gon tells him you cannot fail Luke like I failed Anakin. But he's not doing anything with Luke. That's the thing. Is Luke's met him like twice. It's just, it's, it just doesn't, it's, again, it's all problematic. Just leave it alone. This is, again, people trying to make all those connections. Because once you really think about it, the end of episode three makes zero sense. Because Bail Organa knows that there's a rebellion coming. And he doesn't try to convince Yoda and Obi-Wan that maybe, just maybe, two of the most powerful Jedi in the entire galaxy, because they're the only two left that he knows of. And, you know, now we have Kanan and 60 other people that have more than <laughs> made it out from it but wouldn't wouldn't you think like hey maybe you should stick with us maybe we should not bring luke right back and give him the same name because apparently we know anakin is vader well the other reason with that is uh owen and baru may give luke the skywalker name in honor of can have it 40 years from now no in honor of shami they want him yeah, to have the name of Skywalker to honor Shmi, not Anakin. But all Obi Wan has to say is that's a really bad idea. Not if he doesn't know it's, it at that point. It's stuff that's written thirty years apart. There are problematic pieces of all of it, and as we try to over-explain it, it makes it worse. Hey, did you see the rumor about? There. Did you see the rumor about uh, season three of Mandalorian? Yep. I love how we have rumors of season three and we haven't even seen season two yet. The Mandalorian's going to be a Jedi. I'm like, I've seen, oh I've god! Seen, uh, I've seen the, the the art of what you were talking about of Ahsoka taking Yoda. I've seen the art of Luke meeting Yoda, baby Yoda, the child, whatever you want to call it. It's just, I just want to. At this point, we should see the season. I guess that could be news for this week. Um, not baloney. Uh, John Favreau has said that it does come out in October. Yes. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, we'll get one new. <laughs> We'll have one new piece of entertainment. Well, Favreau also did a he also did a Zoom call with the directors from uh, season one, and they discuss the uh, baby Yoda Papa and some of the other stuff that they didn't do in the uh, the Disney series. The Journey series, yeah. God, that's so good. I really love Deborah Chow. Oh, I love Deborah Chow. Glad she's connected Mm -hmm. to Kenobi. Whatever we get, that makes me feel better about whatever we're getting. Yeah. 
once if we ever get it because I still have this sneaking suspicion we're not going to see a lot of this stuff. Yeah, the stuff they've announced I think might quietly get canceled at the end of whatever this lockdown is. You know what's funny is mm-hmm. I was sitting here when I was putting the show together trying to figure out there wasn't any Star Wars really to talk about. We're going to do a show where we don't talk about Star Wars. We talked about Star Wars. <laughs> we spent the last 10, 20 minutes talking about Star Wars now. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, got anything else? Sneak it in I always got to get it in there. Chris even brought it up talking. earlier on. We got mm-hmm. Star Wars talk in there yeah. about our, devo- our, our spending habit, really, <laughs> our devotion to it. <laughs> addiction to so many freaking toys man oh i know good god Bruno for toys is now getting annoying too i have to shut that down a little bit i'm like i don't until hasbro announces it i don't want to know well <laughs> I, I noticed with Jackface, they're getting a lot they see a lot of what as soon as eb puts a skew in they they make an announcement yeah, they, did, they did find stuff very early that kind of gets in so it's hopefully that stuff gets announced soon although a blue clone too. trooper would be cool because at least at least them is uh cad. one of the rumors was one of my top five wanted figures so cad bane i, I want to uh, yeah i want a uh I, I want more bounty hunters i want i want to you know or seeing i want um elmo what's the what's the one with there's the so, big helmet there's so many other people to get to embo embo yeah embo would be great but yeah uh, my, my top five are lobot cad bane lobot asaz ventress and lobot <laughs> Those are my top five. Lobot with a nug knot. <laughs> nah. They won't, they won't give you a figure that big. They should do a, a nug knot. I was, they I should do a two-pack of nug knots. that was in the fan favorite poll or whatever for the 40th that they lied about and gave us Luke um, that nobody wants, I they didn't do any of them. Hey, um, speaking of that. that I got in an argument about this the other day. With I saw someone. that. We're not going to talk about it here because you're wrong. Um, what? You're wrong. <laughs> Just about that part. What? About Luke. About the Yoda? No, yeah, about Luke. But about the uh, Zuckus and Forloom, I'm not wrong. No, you're, you're not right either. I mean, we don't know. That's It's a, it's a, a conjecture guess, but you're treating it as fact, and you're going to get killed in, that's, in that group for it. We have no idea. I mean, even even you and I got in the argument because I said that I thought Zuckus and Forlone would be the, the celebration exclusive because of two figures, and that I don't even remember what the other one we were talking about. The, the, Vader. I don't remember what we thought the, the one for San Diego might be. Well, I, I didn't think it was one of the carbonized ones because it's usually a figure that hasn't come out yet that's going to be packaged differently or whatever. I think I um, the uh, SDCC one was the uh, Four Loom and Zuckus because of the... Yes. Uh, you, you, I said it was Celebration. And it could because, be neither. It could be something where they were just like, the hell with it. We're just going to make this and put it up anyway because people were upset over the fact that the Boba Fett, uh, Kenner-style Boba Fett, was an exclusive. And it's very difficult to get. And it's like $300. Um... But the, the 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 point I was trying to make is of that you went through the 40th anniversary of Empire, and I know you had figures you had to make for, you know, uh, Jedi Sky Rise of Skywalker or whatever, but there wasn't a lot of Empire Strikes Back figures. I mean, even with the 40th now, there's the stuff that we're getting. Even the retro obviously is only two new figures, one new figure and a repaint, or whatever, um, and then a bunch of stuff that we've seen before. 
Well, that's what and the that's what the fortieth Star Wars no was. Yes, but and the thing was is there wasn't much from Star Wars that we were clamoring for. You know, here you we saw the list. There's no Lobot. There's no Ugnots. There's no two one B. There's no FX seven. There's no Wedge in the Snowspeeder outfit. There's no Leia in the Bespin gown. Um, there's there's uh, no General Reekin if you really want to get deep. There's no uh, Admiral Ozzel. There's no Captain Nita. There's a lot of other characters that you can give me. Here's Luke with his shirt off and a finely size-accurate Yoda. Yeah. Like, okay, great. And that's, that's where once you realize how long it would have taken them to, to develop that Yoda, you're kind of like, this pole was always going to be rigged because it was always going to be that figure. They were just going to redo the Luke. And I think they were doing it because of the face. How much seems to be attached to this this photo scan reel, which with the 40th was, oh, this is great, except I'm sorry, that Lando face is terrible. That Lando is horrible. He's so, he's so square. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get, I, like, it's just, I look at it. To me, time, it looks like they, they like did a photo face. scan of Billy D. Williams now. Instead, Somewhat. Instead of I, the old one. I just room. don't think it's that big of an improvement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've never picked him up. Well, that's why he's that's why he's sitting there as a shelf as a peg warmer. Oh God, he's sitting everywhere. That's the only one you can find. Was uh, Lando's released in a in the regular line too? Wasn't he? Oh yeah, yes. years ago. Lando so, was one of the first ones that that I remember talking to my friend Joel at Entertainment Earth. Was that they were getting they were getting like four pack boxes that were going to secondary retailers like Entertainment Earth and Dorkside and whatever mm-hmm. so that they could sell those figures individually as a character. So they were getting boxes of just Lando, but they'd be like four to a little box. So they could do is it that Is the face one. the same as that one? Or no? no. No. It is It is an updated face. It's uh, just like the all the other Rebels characters that I had to rebuy because he scanned in that brilliant new packaging. Um, the faces are definitely different. Yep. Mm-hmm. I still have four of them left now to I'm get. Mad they didn't update Ezra and uh, and Sabine. I ended up with all of them that day. I still I haven't got gotten Sabine before I saw the before I saw the changes. This is personal talk on Nerdables. Um, I bought Zeb and Sabine because I love Sabine so much. I just wanted that package to be able to display her in the the mural package, kind of off to the side with the artwork. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the comparison picks. I went in and I did Hera, Kanan, and um, uh, Ezra, and then realized, well, I, all I need now is Chopper to, to fit the mural. What, so you're not getting Ahsoka? I'll just put them all up on the shelf. What's that? No Ahsoka? And Ahsoka, I did get, yeah, I got Ahsoka too. Because I, I, I the only Kanan, ones I don't have right now. Oh, no, I think I bought it. I, I bought Kanan, Ezra, and... Somebody else. I still oh, have to so do. Why am I forgetting? I still have to do Kane and Ezra, uh, Chopper and uh, excuse me and uh, uh, um, Hera. Yeah, I don't know still what's available on Hasbro, on Hasbro Pulse. My stuff's all over the place. Now. The, those were the ones that were still available on Hasbro. Yeah, everybody else immediately. Uh, if you want her though, if you, Ethan, if you want her, GameStop still has her. GameStop also had the mm-hmm. episode two Ben Kenobi and uh, Kit Fisto. Oh, I forgot to look for that because I thought I had ordered those, mm-hmm. but I hadn't. 
I ordered Plo, and I think Polo was the only thing left when I went to Hasbro Plus. Dude, I picked up a. Uh, he just came today. I got a uh, second Emperor's Guard for fifteen on uh, Amazon. Well, I, I can't got one be- in the group for like twenty. So I can't believe I didn't get a second one. He was hard to find. I only bought him at San Diego. Yeah, I never saw him on an actual shelf. I didn't realize I only had one until, yeah, until the point where I got the Emperor and realized I only had one and I bought one in the group, so. People are probably bored out of their skulls. We should probably end this. All right, so, uh, yeah, let's wrap things up. Make sure you check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables on Twitter at Nerdables Show and on Instagram as Nerdables. And we'll talk to you next week. So for Chris and Ethan, I'm already saying stay safe and stay united. <laughs>